رادیو رومی Hi everyone, I'm Fatime Keshavars and this is another episode of Radio Rumi. I'm recording it from my office in, uh, at home in Capitol Hill. And as usual, hoping that um, this takes place in the context of ordinary life, everyday life, so a passerby might... Uh, go by my window and you might hear his or her voice, hopefully not too many cars. And um, again, once more, you can always write to me at radiorumi at umd.edu. Again, radiorumi as one word at umd.edu. I look forward to hearing from you. with thoughts, ideas, questions, suggestions, um, and I would happily discuss it in some of um, forthcoming episodes so that others would also know about your thoughts and ideas. Now, the last time I recorded something, it was about um, Rumi's Discourses, which uh, is the English title of, of the translation of uh, he's in very informal sermons and interactions with people who came to um, listen to him. And um, I said that that book was not ever really composed by him. It was the people who listened, who took notes, and it emerged as a text that had been put together um, piece by piece. And it's very beautiful, it's very informal, because he's addressing this public audience who are not necessarily religious scholars or any other kinds of specialists. They're just ordinary people, and he wants to connect with them. So I thought it would be a pity to um, not follow that program with another one which will give some of his addresses in kind of direct, as a, as a kind of advice to people. Um, do this or don't do that or whatever his thought was at the time. And I just thought it's a kind of 
treasure that exists in English language and in, in, in translation and of course in the original Persian. But we can um, we can bring it to these um, episodes. Um, you should know that Rumi is very aware of the impact of his own words and his own exchanges with people. And he actually compares it to offering them wine. Um, and in one, uh, on one occasion he says, هر که با ما تعلق گرفت و از این شراب مست شد هر جا که رود با هر که نشیند با هر قومی که صحبت کند so he says the one who became my friend who became my companion by coming to these groups literally in Persian he says the one who sits with me um, and got drunk with this wine this wine of exchanging thoughts and ideas um, this person Wherever he or she goes, whoever else he or she is, is, uh, is um, spending time with, in fact, he is sitting with me. In other words, what he's saying is that in these um, exchanges, I give you a gift that you can take with you no matter where you go, no matter who you are, and no matter who else you are interacting with. He also um, sometimes complains about having too much to say and um, wanting to control it, but that in fact is feeling small in the, in in comparison to this force inside him that wants him to talk, which is quite interesting. So in other words, he gives his own voice a kind of autonomous presence. My voice wants to reach you, and um, it would be hard for me even to control it and to prevent it from that happening. So Khan bedestamani. So he says, my words are not always under my control. And so it's sometimes I'm even hurt by this. And then in continuation of that, and I'm not quoting every word because it will be really too extensive a quote, but sometime later he says, اما از آن رو که سخن من بالاتر از من است و من محکوم بیم شاد می شوم. But I am happy at the same time that my words are stronger than me and I am somehow under their command, under their حکم um, in, in the Arabic Persian version of it. زیرا because سخنی را که حق گوید هر جا رسد زنده کند و اثرهای عظیم کند. Because the, word that, the words that are rooted in, in God, that are divine, that are godly in origin, 
Literally, God has spoken them. They bring the death to life and they make great impact. Now, um, this may sound like almost like Rumi is claiming to be a kind of a prophet and bringing verses that are God's verses. But those who are familiar with his work know that he's never, you know, he is not the kind of person who make that um, kind of claim or want to even have followers. Um, even the Rumi order that we see today was in fact not established by Rumi himself, but by his followers, and he never claimed to be um, a leader of that order. Um, although he had a great following and, and there was there would have been great demand if he wanted to do that. In other words, this is not a, a not it's not a claim to a form of pro- prophethood, but it is a way of saying that my heart is connected with Haq Ta'ala, the truth supreme, which is the word usually used for God, that refers to God. My heart is connected with that God. And so my words come from that source and wherever they go, they bring the dead to life and, and they make great impact on people around them. And of course, you see that even today, that when you quote Rumi's words, that there is great joy and great response to it. Um, I have personally witnessed many occasions when I've been just speaking Rumi's words and at the end somebody came to me and said, oh, I'm feeling so much better. I'm, I, I think I have, I, I'm beginning to think about different kinds of things and so on. So in other words, his words are inspiring. And let me end um, his own comments about his own words with a very beautiful metaphor that he uses. Because he also compares himself to a drunk person um, who cannot control exactly what he says. So it's a kind of um, intoxication with that um, divine sense inspiration that makes him speak. He says, When one is completely drunk, Mustoli means when you are under the control of it. So when when a person is completely drunk, this drunk person doesn't even think who's listening. Are these people going to um, use these words? Are, are they appropriate to receive it? Ahl in sukhan hast yana. Are there people here who would appreciate it, who deserve it, who are going to put it to good use? As gazaf mirizat, because it's full, it overflows. And then he applies an even more earthly and beautiful metaphor, that of a breastfeeding mother. Um who just has to feed the baby. If you've ever been breastfeeding, you know this, that if the mother's breasts are full with milk, they just have to feed the baby. As Gazaf Miri said, Hamchenon ke zani, pestonhosh qavi pur shavat va daft konat. It's just like a, like a, like a breastfeeding mom 
whose breasts are so full that they hurt. And then he adds another really um, sweet metaphor. سگ بچگان محله را جمع کند و شیر را بریشان میریزد. This mother, if doesn't find a baby to feed or her own baby to feed, is going to throw the, this milk, give this milk, uh, pump this milk and give it to the little puppies in the neighborhood. And um, with that um, really playful, sweet metaphor of the little puppies being fed with breast milk coming from the life-giving words of Rumi. Let's now look at um, some of the things that he says. Well, here's one of his recommendations. هر کجا باشی و در هر حال که باشی جهد کن تا محب باشی و عاشق باشی wherever you are and in whatever state you are try to be in love try to be a lover هر کجا باشی و در هر حال که باشی جهد کن تا محب باشی و عاشق باشی Wherever you are, in whatever state you are, try to be in love, to be a lover. چون محبت ملک تو شد, همیشه محب باش. When loving, kindness, love, محبت became your property, you will always be in love. در گور و در هشت و در در هشر و در بهشت و الا مالا نهایه Even in your grave Even when you resurrected Even when you are back in paradise You will continue to be in love In other words This is a gift that once you get You will not lose it It's not like money It's not like property It's not like reputation All of those things could be lost But when you learn to love, this is a gift that you will not lose. And then it gives us another metaphor. چون تو گندم کاشتی قطعا گندم روید. If you plant wheat, you will always sow wheat. You're not going to get barley if you planted wheat or any other crop. You're going to get what you are sowing. و در انبار همان گندم باشد و در تنور همان گندم باشد. The same wheat will be what becomes your um, food that you store um, in your storage, in your silo for the winter time and it would be the same food, the same Uh, flour that becomes bread um, for feeding the hungry, yourself, your family, your friends, whoever it is. But the whole point is, again, you receive back what you give. What goes around comes around in our own vernacular. Um, 
So learn to be in love because that is then going to become something that would enrich your life till the end of your time. And then he gives another um, way of, because some of these pieces of advice are really beautiful but tough to follow. You know, in, in a world that um, is full of controversy and difficulty and um, inequality, um, injustice in many ways, um, what do you do? How do you learn to be in love all the time? I mean, you can walk away and say, well, this is all beautiful, but how am I going to apply it to life? Well, it's not like um, Rumi pretends that it's easy. He never does that. He, he's always the first one to say that these things need a lot of hard work. But then he also gives um, suggestions and ideas. Like, for example, he says, The greatest of the steps you can take on this way is to mix with people who are facing in the direction of the truth supreme or Haq Ta'ala, or God. In other words, become co-journeyer with those who are on this way. And you will support each other. You would learn from each other. Um, you will show the way to each other and move forward. And in that sense, he also thinks of himself as somebody that, that if you listen to and spend time with, you can access a sense of um, safety, a sense of ability to face difficulties. In fact, one time as he's talking, he says, اگر کسی در وقت سخن گفتن ما می If some people, as I talk, fall asleep, آن خواب از قفلت نباشد. That sleep is not a kind of unawareness, a kind of heedlessness, a kind of lack of attention. To begin with, I mean, imagine, it's, it's very easy for him to say, I'm talking and some people have fallen asleep. Think how many of us would be so offended if we talked and somebody fell asleep. We would immediately take it as a judgment on our the good, you know, the topic that we are presenting or the quality of our presentation. But he's, he's focusing on what this, what these things he's talking about is doing for the people who are in his presence. And he says, اگر کسی در وقت سخن گفتن ما میخوزبت آن خواب از غفلت نباشد. That sleep is not because of heedlessness. That sleep is because of a sense of safety. Then he uses 
another metaphor, which is quite easy to understand as a human being. As a traveler, actually. He says, Hamchanan ke karbani dar rahi sa'd makhouf dar shab-e-tarik mirabad. It is as if there is a caravan traveling on a very difficult road in a dark night. Hamchanan ke karbani dar rahi sa'd makhouf dar shab-e-tarik mirabad. و میرانند از بیم They drive fast ride fast um, because of fear تا نبادا که از دشمنان آفتی رسد because they're afraid of an attack from um, bandits from um, people on the road because this is the 13th century and people travel by caravans and you could be attacked by a band of thieves and, and you could lose everything including your life. So he says um, as this is happening and people are on this caravan going in this dark night with a lot of fear about what could happen همین که آواز سگ یا خروس به گوشه ایشان رسد As soon as they hear a dog barking um, or birds singing particularly a rooster of course because villages had dogs and roosters and, um, then what do the people in the caravan know? They know that they have come very close to a village and of course the bandits don't stay outside village or in village because it's not a good place to attack people and to and to steal things so they usually stay in the middle of the dark road abandoned um, and as soon as these people hear the voice of the the barking of the dog or um, the sound of the of the rooster um, they know that the cock is crowing because the, the village is nearby. And therefore, they are okay, they're safe, they can sleep. And here is, he goes back to these people who fell asleep as he was talking and he says, well, here you are. That is why they can fall asleep because my voice comes from a sense of safety. It is a moment of of comfort. It's the words of Hadith and Bi'awwa'awliyast. It's the words of the prophets and friends of God. Remember that saints are referred to as friends of God. Arwaq chun sukhana ashnayan shenavand iman mishavand va az khawf khalas miyaband. Your soul when your souls hear the words of these friends, these prophets, these friends of God, they feel safe. They know that these words are familiar. So they can set aside their fear because as in Sohan, buye omid vadust mi ayat. I want to read this again. As in Sohan, buye omid vadust mi ayat. Because 
um, it means this word or these words of mine, they give out the scent of hope and the scent of the friend with capital F again is God. And why did I read it again? Because I want to emphasize that hope is indeed um, Rumi's most emphatic concept. He doesn't want his followers, his friends, people in his circle to give up hope. He says, if you think that I've done wrong, don't, do, don't say that I cannot change that. Forget that. Start doing good. When you do good and when you show sincerity in what you're doing, that is the rod of Moses. All those bad things you've done are the dragons that the sorcerers created to fight Moses. But when you do a good thing, that's the rod of Moses. That's going to come and swallow all those dragons who are going to be totally hopeless in front of it. In other words, as far as he's concerned, to just feel guilty and hopeless and not do anything about anything is not the way to go. Remorse is good only if it manifests itself in the form of doing good things from now on. Omid as haq nabawiyat buridan. So that's where he says, we should not give up hope in God. Omid sararahe Hope is the beginning of the way to safety. Agar dar rah nemiravi, bari sararah negahda. Even if you're not able to totally step on that way and overnight change into a hopeful, able, open person who's totally optimistic, at least stay at that road. Stay close. And then he goes back to the, the example of the rod of Moses and the good acts, which are the rod of Moses, and um, the bad things that could be swallowed by that. He also sees God and God's presence as an open, generous fountain that fills the world. It doesn't belong to anyone, any religion, any race, any gender. It belongs to everyone. Truth, the truth supreme, that is God, is the sun. He or she um, shines everywhere and sheds its light on everything. So what happens that some people have less of that godly bounty than others because they cover themselves up? from his perspective, they do not expose themselves to this open, loving presence that is everywhere. If you can be totally naked in front of the sun, 
that's even better. So what is, what is it? What does he mean by being totally naked? By giving up pretenses, by holding on to attachments of anything that holds you back, concern for your reputation, money, um, a big house, a beautiful car, um, the books you write, whatever it is that holds you back, that tells you that those are important and you have to act in a certain way, live in a certain way in order to keep them. That is what covers you from being in, immersed in this life-giving light that is God. Bari Jaume Sabokitarkum. Now then, previously he said, go totally naked, but then he realizes that, of course, as human beings, it isn't easy to give up all those things immediately. So he says, well, okay, wear less. And actually, he's saying this in the context of giving, in the context of sadaqeh, where he's talking about giving to other people, giving of what you have. Um, when you give, it's like you take one layer from what you have. And you can be giving anything. You can be giving a smile to someone who's in need of it. Um, you can be giving some of your income. You would be, you can be giving, going somewhere and attending to someone who's, who's lonely. But give. Bari jaume sabokitarko. Wear less. Take off the extra. Ta zoge Bebini, so you can taste the sun. You can feel it on your skin. And then <laughs> he ends this with another very experiential example. Mudati betoroshi khu kardei. Bari shiri niz biasma. You have tasted um, sour things. For a while, well, try the sweetness too once, and also in the same context, he's always reminding us that doing this kind of getting close to the sun, taking off the extra clothes, that is not because you want to do something good, but because you deserve it. There is this sea, there is this sun, there is this abundance out there. If you don't use it, it's a waste. So take it, go there and take it. Hey fast, but darya residen, but as darya be albi your sabui onishudan. It is a pity that you go to the sea and be happy and satisfied with just a, you know, cup of water or a jug of water from the sea. What are you going to do from that water from the sea? آخر از دریا گوهرها و صد هزار چیزهای مقبم برن از دریا آب بردن چقدر داره. From the sea you can, you can get pearls. You can get other important Things. I mean, you can you can fish, though he doesn't mention fishing here. But then he ends as What is the point in getting a jug of water from the sea? In other words, wherever you are, whatever context 
you are in. Do not underestimate yourself. You deserve the best. You deserve to get as much as your jog can fit. So try to make it a bigger jog. Try to go for bigger things. And go actually is one of the keywords um, for Rumi. Come and go. Come and go. Because he believes that you just cannot sit on the margins. You have to jump in there and do whatever it is that you can do. It's like joining the dance. We have talked about that whirling, the activity of whirling that was so important to him. It was very symbolic. You stand there, you turn around, you move, you stretch one of your arms to the heavens and another one to the earth. You connect your earthly being with your heavenly capacities and become a person who lives for a better and fuller life. And then in one of his um, short sayings is, Oh God, give me the ability to have a different journey, a journey other than the ones that I can take, one that is spiritual. And again, he reminds you that, reminds all of us, that that truth supreme is there. And all you need to do is to be able to stay connected. Be yad To remember that, God. Be yad Do not live without remembering or a remembrance of God. Ke yad for remembering God is like the ability to fly in the wings of the spirits or the soul's bird. In other words, your inner being, your soul is a bird that takes its strength from God and remembering God. On that beautiful flying note, remind you again, you can write to me at radiorumi at umd.edu and I look forward to talking to you soon again. Till then. Yeah, 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 yeah